verses uh, or subjects we have in this week's parsha and all the Mephorshim are bothered by is how is it that Yaakov married two sisters? So we see that he marries uh, Rachel and Leah. It took place, uh, Lovan tricked him, he worked and he agreed uh, with Lovan to work seven years for Rachel. Uh, Lovan Harami makes uh, a trick at the last moment. He switches uh, Rachel and brings in Leah instead. He marries Leah. And then eventually uh, Yaakov agrees to work for another seven years and he marries uh, Rachel as well. And then we read in the Torah that all the 12 tribes, 11 and then the 12th, all came out uh, from this, uh, this union between Rachel and Leah, then Bila and Zilpah. So the question is, how could... Uh, Yaakov married two sisters when we know that, of course, after the Torah was given, there is a clear prohibition against Isha Elachoisa Leisikach, you can't marry two sisters. So there's a prohibition. And we know that the Avais in general, and especially it's mentioned with regards to Yaakov, that Yaakov observed the Torah before it was given. So, although the Torah wasn't yet at that point uh, given formally, but the laws and the rules of the Torah were something that they knew and something that they kept. Matter of fact, with regards to Yaakov, in the beginning of next week's Parsha, Rashi makes a point of saying in Lovon Garti, the word Garti has the same numerical value as Taryag 613, which means that Yaakov was saying to Esau that I kept the 613 mitzvahs. So how could he say he kept the 613 mitzvahs and then he marries two sisters, which is prohibited, which is one of the prohibitions. Now the commentaries give various different answers. But you know the uh, style of the Lubavitcher Rebbe is to find in the very simple meaning of the verse. Uh, he asks, how come Rashi, uh, who is the main uh, commentator and tries to explain the Chumash according to the Pshat, Rashi seems to be silent in this matter. Rashi doesn't comment. And when Rashi doesn't comment, doesn't explain, so it's one of the two uh, reasons for that. Either Rashi explained it and, you know, you just got to remember or figure out how it was explained, or that it's so simple that it doesn't require an explanation and Rashi thinks that it's something that the one who's learning and the child who's learning at the simple level will understand on his own. Which, by the way, this idea of uh, marrying, you know, uh, a sister or, you know, marrying two sisters, and we find it, you know, throughout, you know, the, the, the Shvatim married sisters, this is a little different. Here is talking about two sisters. But there's various unions that took place uh, even things that were prohibited later on, Yecheved and Levi, and diff different unions which were actually prohibited after Matan Torah. Each place needs its own explanation. Uh, but in this case, with Yaakov marrying two sisters, seems to be uh, problematic. But according to Halacha, there's various different answers given to it. Uh, but what is the simple answer in the, uh, on the simple level? And brings out an idea here which is uh, a very important lesson as well. And the idea over here is 
that the reason why Yaakov felt obligated to marry Rachel is because he promised to marry her. I mean, he'd given her his word. I mean, he worked seven years. They were uh, going to get married from the uh, first moment when he met with, uh, with, uh, with Lavan and he met Rachel and she was the shepherd and he helped her and he gave her the, uh, she invited him over to the house. So basically from that point and on, uh, Yaakov knew he was going to marry her and they were going to get married. It was just the last minute uh, that uh, Lavan changed it, the father changed it. So Rachel would have been heartbroken as we say, as we see Rashi even comments that after the fact that she didn't have children for a while, that she was, uh, she was crying and she was very upset not only because she didn't have the children, that she wanted to raise children and have be part of the, uh, the tribes, that be the mother of the tribes, but besides that, she was always worried that she may end up marrying Esau because people were saying, you know, Yitzchak had two sons and, uh, and uh, Lavan has two daughters and, you know, uh, if uh, she doesn't have any children, uh, then she's going to end up marrying Esau, uh, Rachel. And uh, Rashi actually says that the Payet, in one of his liturgies, actually brings out this, this concept that Esau was hoping, uh, not only was Rachel afraid, but Esau was hoping that Yaakov would divorce Rachel eventually. But we see this whole idea, if Yaakov was not going to marry Rachel in the first place, that would have been a tremendous blow that would have been very upsetting, that would have been very hurtful. It would be something which would be very, very difficult for Rachel to take. And um, this idea that the forefathers kept all the mitzvahs uh, before the Torah was given, that was, that's only true in a case whereby fulfilling the mitzvahs, they would not be violating something acceptable or something that they accepted upon themselves. People have accepted upon themselves to keep their word when you say a promise not to hurt somebody else. For Yaakov to be religious in this instance and you know, not marry the second sister because the Torah eventually is going to prohibit that to marrying two sisters would mean that he's trying to do something and accept a stringency upon himself to be very strict and not do something which is really permissible to him at the time, because at the time the Torah wasn't given, there was no prohibition against marrying two sisters then. But it was an extra stringency that he would be placing upon himself, that he placed upon himself not to do any of the violations of the future Torah. But in this case, to do that mitzvah, to fulfill that special thing that he accepted upon himself, would mean that he would be hurting another person. He would have to uh, violating his promise. That was something that the people were very strict about and that had a very, uh, a very serious uh, acceptance and, and, and he had to follow that. Which also explains for the same idea, a lot of the commentaries ask, how come Abraham didn't do the circumcision uh, until the age of 99? We know if Avram did all the mitzvahs, he should have circumcised himself maybe at an earlier time because he did all the mitzvahs. How come 
he waited till the age of 99. Various different answers given to that. But according to this logic, we can explain the same idea that there was a prohibition of a person just causing a wound uh, to their body. You can't let blood just like that. So Avram can only do mitzvahs which won't be violating at the same time while doing a mitzvah, uh, violating some other prohibition. So to be extra careful and to do a, a mitzvah which he wasn't commanded, but while doing so he would cause himself a wound, making the bris would inevitably make a wound to him, so he wasn't permitted to do so. Because at that point, that wasn't the chiv, but not to let blood is something which is prohibited, which the Rebbe, uh, Rebbe also explains is many times, you know, we want to be very religious. We want to become, you know, super, do something very, uh, very right. We want to become very righteous. We got to be careful that while we're trying to do something very right, that we don't step on somebody else. We don't hurt another person by wanting to do something which is absolutely very religious on my part, on the ones who observes it. But at the same time, he might be hurting another person trying to do a chumrah for himself and then, you know, uh, violating some other prohibitions, you know, at the time. I once heard that Reb Moshe Feinstein, Zuchariah Tzadik Levrocha, he had once a shayla that was presented to him about uh, when to start saying... Uh, coming up, went to start saying the same Talamot Livrocha in Australia. You know, the seasons are different there. And there was a whole big machloikis in the shul over there between uh, when do you say it this time or that time. And, you know, really it had some uh, serious consequences over there. So they wrote to, to Reb Moshe about it. And he, he said, well, the whole source for saying St. Talamotor at the time is maybe Midrabonon, maybe a, a later instituted by the Anshikhnes Sagdoila. But he says the Machloikis that this is causing is something which is prohibited from the Torah. Trying to be very, very careful to do a mitzvah in the most perfect way, but can't forget that while you're trying to do what's right, not to violate the very, very simple and elementary mitzvahs that we have to observe.